Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 43, Thinking and Dreaming Big. It's July 11th, 2022. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, and podcaster, and I'm also a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. I help people be well-loved, happy, and healthy, even when life is extremely difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any way, and my music is by Howie Moskovich. Thinking and dreaming big. Oh my heavens. Yes, this is one of my favorite topics. However, it is very likely that this is going to be confronting for some of you, many of you, or possibly even most of you. And I'm going to ask you to listen to it anyway with an open mind because anytime a topic is confronting for you or you notice you want to go to sleep or it feels like it's too much, that's kind of where you've reached the end of your comfort zone and that's the beginning of growth and development. So hang in there and listen to it anyway. So we live in a world where thinking big and dreaming big is not the norm. No, 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 it's not the norm. But we also happen to live in a world where more people are unhappy than not. And we live in a world where, according to the research, 85% of the population suffers from low self-esteem. And we live in a world where the majority of people, whether they know it or not, grew up in a dysfunctional family of some degree, leaving them moderately or highly wounded or traumatized or dealing with hurts and pains. And we live in a world where most people don't write down their goals and then go after them. So is it any wonder that thinking big or dreaming big wouldn't be the norm? No, we have all the perfect setup for resignation, sadness, loneliness, depression, anxiety, all of the negative things that the pandemic has simply increased. They were already existing prior to the pandemic. I mean, I started writing and doing what I'm doing before the pandemic because the problems were already there. So I know how hard life is. I mean, if you knew the problems, (laughs) if you knew the problems and issues I was dealing with right now, you'd be like, Oh my gosh, how does she how does she manage to be happy? Well, there's a particular vast set of skills to be happy. And I've had a lifetime of bitter hardships and traumas. I mean, that's just the way it is. However, I've been blessed and I'm so grateful. I have the empowering attitudes and beliefs, habits and practices to have an amazing life and to think and dream big. Our topic for today. So I'm inviting you to entertain the idea, entertain the thought that even if your life has been miserable up to now or very sad or fraught with hardships and pain, that you can have a different life because we know from neuroplasticity that you can actually have a different life. So what am I going to cover today? 
I'm going to cover just a basic platform of, a, of the definition so we're on the same page. I'm going to talk about why people don't think or dream big. I'm going to make a mention of the concept of resignation because that's for sure going on here. I'm going to give you some um, benefits to thinking and dreaming big, as well as some examples, which you may or may not find interesting, uh, from my own life. Some caveats for thinking and dreaming big, and some steps then to get on the road for thinking and dreaming big, because it's so powerful. And then I'm going to give you a couple of takeaways and a call to action. That's my normal setup. So if you're new to my content, you can visit my website at www.lisaalundy.com because, of course, I would love it if you entered my giveaway, my current giveaway, which is called Look, Look, I Want a Book. I know I'm giving away books, so that seems like a good title for a giveaway. Um, so each month, two copies of my uh, handbook on being well-loved, happy, and healthy are being given away. Why? Because I love giveaways. They're fun. I like to do things that are fun, people, because life is too hard. And apparently from my first giveaway, I loved it so much I had to do another one. Here's my disclaimer, which is very important. As a consumer, as a person, you should be getting your medical advice from a licensed medical professional, whether that's a physician or a therapist. I am not a medical professional, licensed or unlicensed. I'm just not a medical professional in any capacity, and my content is not intended to be medical or therapy advice. If you happen to be suicidal or you've been thinking about harming yourself, I'm asking you to please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. I'm asking you to start talking about your feelings. I'm asking you to share with people what's going on. And I'm asking you to get the help that you need because it's actually available and there for you. And if you need to post it on social media as an SOS, by all means, do it. Do it, whatever it takes to get you what you need. So that's that. So what is the definition of dream? Well, as a noun, the definition of dream is a cherished, cherished aspiration, ambition, or ideal. So that's kind of, when we say dream, that's what we're talking about. So I did think it was appropriate to look at the word big. So the big as a verb is to direct one's mind towards someone or something to use one's mind actively to form connected ideas. So we're talking about thinking, directing your mind in a, in a big way and dreaming. Now, I do want to distinguish dreaming or thinking big from wishful thinking. So wishful thinking is imagining or discussing a very unlikely future event or situation as if it were possible one day and one day might happen. Now, this can get a little tricky or dicey because when I covered the examples, there were people who thought that I was engaging in wishful thinking for some of the big dreams I had and were very blunt about it. So there is a distinction, but I want to really make it clear that when I'm talking about dreaming and thinking big, when I get into the steps, you're actually going to be making your you know, big idea or your big dream concrete with an action plan and steps so it's not kind of fantasy. 
That's really the distinction I want to make. It's not fantasy, although people will think you're living in a fantasy world if you happen to think big or dream big. Now, why are some of the reasons why people, businesses, organizations don't think or dream big? Well, I have a, a short list here of about 18 things or reasons why they don't. So let me just touch on those. Number one, fear of failure. Most people don't have a great relationships with, relationship to failure, so they're going to avoid things that make them uncomfortable. They're going to avoid the possibility of any kind of remote failure. So fear, fear of failure. Next, it's uncomfortable or it takes you out of your comfort zone. Yes, dreaming big, thinking big, by nature, by definition, is to take you out of your comfort zone, and that's a reason in and of itself why some people will avoid it. Next, closed-minded thinking or a corporate culture or environment that's not open to big thinking and big dreams. In other words, kind of like, that's not how we do it here. Low emotional intelligence, low self-esteem, and that can be low self-esteem of individuals or leaders. Living in resignation, I'll touch on that in a moment. Uh, and it won't work here or, you know, why bother mentality. Overwhelm. Overwhelm meaning too many crises, not enough manpower, staffing issues, or a person chronically feeling overwhelmed in life, which, by the way, is very common. I'll have a podcast on that. Negative thinking or pessimism, past failures or traumas resistance from others. In other words, other people telling you, you can't do that, or who do you think you are? Uh, you can't see past the current situation or you lack vision. Dream killers and buzz killers keeping you down. You feel constrained or limited. You have no experience or exposure to the idea or concept of thinking big or dreaming big. You resist change you lack courage, or you are caught up in the drift of life. Now, there's more people caught up in the drift of life than, than are not. So these are all valid reasons, reasonable reasons, and good reasons why people don't dream and think big. And before we move off of this topic, I'm going to kind of touch on resignation. Because that's a very common theme and we don't talk about feeling resigned or being in resignation. So given the fact that, you know, I said earlier, 85% of the population has low self-esteem according to the research, resignation is defined as an act of retiring or giving up a position or the acceptance that something... Uh, of something undesirable being inevitable. Like it's, it's inevitable that you won't live your dream life. It's inevitable that your dreams are never going to come true. It's inevitable that you'll never be happy. So resignation is very common in society and in the world. And given, you know, some of the things I said earlier about dysfunctional families and low self-esteem, it's extremely reasonable. I mean, it's just reasonable, it's fair. And just because it's commonplace or just because it's reasonable doesn't mean that you have to accept living in resignation or not going for your dream. 
you can. And in particular, because we know about neuroplasticity of the brain, you can teach an old dog new tricks. Oh, by the way, I, lo I love the whole concept and the research behind neuroplasticity of the brain. I mean, it's fascinating. It's just amazing. And there's books on it, and there's all kinds of YouTube videos done by scientists and researchers on neuroplasticity of the brain. It's really amazing. But the bottom line for you is it doesn't matter what kind of life you've had up until now. Right now, in this moment, because of neuroplasticity of the brain, you can have a different future. We know that scientifically. And so, yes, you can learn, you can grow, you can change, regardless of your life up till now. So why not think or dream big? Well, I'm going to give you some benefits now, which I hope will be enticing to you. I hope you're going to go, yeah, that'd be great. That'd be awesome it is awesome. All right. So number one, thinking or dreaming big opens up new possibilities and options and avenues that you might not have thought of before. When you're doing limited thinking, you're not thinking about wide, a wide open future and all kinds of things that could happen. Next, it's fun. I'm telling you, I'm like a fan of fun. If it's not fun, I'm going to try to make it fun. And I just did a podcast about having more fun and play in your life. And I did talk in that podcast about like having fun in meetings, which I know for some people, business leaders and people in the workforce, they're going to be thinking I'm crazy. Now, I'm not crazy, but I am crazy about having fun. And I like having fun. And I like having a life that I love. Because why not? Life is too hard otherwise. So yes, thinking and dreaming big is fun. It's exciting. It can help you grow and expand as a person, as an organization, as a business. It can add to your happiness. Oh yes, it definitely adds to your happiness. And adds to your motivation. And both of those things, by the way, anytime you add to your happiness <clears throat> or you increase your motivation, you're getting lots of health benefits inherent in that. It sets you apart as a person or and as a leader. It's a sign of strength. It's a sign of courage. It's free, so it doesn't cost you anything. And it's not hard, relatively speaking. And I say that, although what's predictable is that you'll probably have to learn some new habits, some new practices, maybe ditch some not empowering attitudes or beliefs and take on some empowering, you know, like you probably have to make some changes. So, but it's not hard, relatively speaking. You will go further, cover more ground, accomplish more, gain more, and have way more than if you do small-minded thinking or don't dream. Uh, it will help you feel inspired, it builds confidence, and it takes advantage of the self-fulfilling prophecy which is a known psychology term. I've, I've done a video on it. I've talked about it in lots of my podcasts. So I'm not going to get into it now, but it's very powerful and it exists whether you take advantage of it or not. So there's 14 amazing, wonderful benefits for thinking and dreaming big. Well, wouldn't you like to have more fun? Wouldn't you like to have your life be more exciting? Wouldn't you like to have your dreams come true? Well, of course you would. Everybody would. However, that's not how we live. That's not how we do it in society. So there are plenty of examples of books written and things written about 
uh, thinking big or dreaming big. And one, one classic, which I recommend in the steps, but I'm going to mention now, is reading the book by Napoleon Hill called Think and Grow Rich. Now, that book was written in the 1930s. It's a, it's a classic. If you haven't read it, I highly recommend it because he goes through lots of stories of of who would become famous. It was written in the 1930s, so we're, we're not in the 1930s anymore, people. So it's a very interesting read and very powerful. So I wanted to give you some examples of me or from my life of me thinking and dreaming big at, because later I'll talk about some of the you know issues you want to be forewarned about some caveats so this will help you get grounded and this will also show you I have a lot of history with thinking big and dreaming big so one of the first um, times or one I had to I had to go through my life and pick cherry pick a couple examples to give you because I don't want to bore you with my whole life which isn't boring but so from college I worked with a group of ladies girls college college girls and some alums to bring back a chapter of Alpha Omicron Pi to Penn State University so first off that was not my idea it wasn't my dream it was not my dream it was not my idea but I got enrolled in the idea from the alums and then met other girls and we decided to do it. And our first attempt, by the way, uh, was an epic failure, epic, epic failure. We were voted down by Panhellenic. We were not allowed to colonize. And that was a bummer. But you have to be prepared for failure. Now, we were ultimately wildly successful. We did get approved by Panhellenic and did colonize and it's actually still a successful uh, chapter at Penn State and you know because I was the perceived leader perceived um, well basically I was the one mentioned in the newspaper for when it failed and when it was successful um, you know I also happened to get the backlash for that so that was one example of me taking on someone else's big dream and then really um, moving forward with it. Next, um, in my adult life, I had this idea to start a national coalition of national physician groups. Now, I'm not a medicine. I'm not in medicine, although I have three boxes of medical research materials I will keep forever, including out of t out of print medical textbooks. But I'm not in the medical field, and so I didn't have the stature or credibility for doing what I wanted to do, which was to get a bunch of different um, national medical physician groups together under one umbrella for common goals. Now, I started this idea, had this idea or this dream in 2004. Started contacting physicians who were presidents of their organizations, and that didn't go anywhere. And I kept doing it, though. I kept doing it even though I was failing and then eventually in 2006 two years later I found a physician uh, who I love who I didn't know at the time who listened to me and thought huh that's an interesting idea that's a that's a pretty interesting thought and then eventually you know a year plus later he took on that dream and started working on it with other physicians from other organizations and they came together in uh, late 2007. So I had started this dream, this idea, 
in 2004. And then here in 2000, late 2007, it starts to come to fruition. And I'm on the periphery because I'm not, I'm not in any capacity related to what they were doing, except that I had this idea and I also happened to have the skills to execute a dream from nothing. So I was ultimately, interestingly enough, invited into the organization to be their executive director, even though I didn't like personally know them all well. And I, and you know, I was kind of a little bit of an unknown. I did give them my resume and they did vet it and decide that I was, I was worthy of the, the challenge. And that was a job that I loved like crazy. Loved it like crazy because A, it was my dream. And I was in that position for five and a half years until I moved geographically and had some other things going on where I couldn't continue in that role. And I'm not specific, I'm specifically not mentioning the name of the organization, although it's still in existence. And to do check on them a little bit here and there through one of my sources, but they keep a very low profile nationally and internationally. So that's that. So that's another example. And then from, um, I published a gluten-free and allergy cookbook ages ago, that first one I published, which is not in print anymore because one of the primary ingredients is no longer manufactured and no one took it over and too many of the recipes were rendered invalid by that ingredient not being available or manufactured anymore. So I went from, so I had this big dream about like really helping people have great foods that are gluten-free and free of allergens, which back in the day was not the norm. So I went from pr my first printing of the first gluten-free and allergy-free cookbook. I printed 100 copies and sold out of them right away. So then I went, well, we'll just go big. And I printed 2,500 copies in my second printing. First off, I have to tell you, do not do that. Do not do that. I did it, and it worked well. And I not only sold through the 2,500, I did a third printing of 2,500 uh, after that. Because what I didn't know at the time is that 97% of books published by a regular publisher never sell more than a thousand copies. So, so only 3% of books put out by a publisher, not self-published, a publisher, you know, only, only 3% of them will sell over a thousand copies. That means 97%. Uh, will sell less than a thousand and here I am printing 2,500 at a clip So in the publishing area, that would be a big no-no. It worked out well for me, but um, it's an example of Dreaming big and thinking big that worked well But had I known more about the statistics which interestingly enough the statistics on publishing and self-publishing They're not really up front and open about that. That's like very interesting. But anyway now Another example of dreaming or thinking big, and again, I can't get into some specifics of things that I talk about, because when it involves other people, they're entitled to their privacy, and sometimes things don't make people look bad, and blah, blah, blah. So, I did take on, some time ago, saving the life of someone who had a terminal diagnosis. They weren't going to live, and everybody said, look, they're not going to live, and you're wasting your time, and you're wasting your energy, and you're like foolish. You're really foolish. And I just could not tolerate the idea of them not being around. So 
I went for it and I did like crazy stuff like crazy 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 stuff which I won't even get into <laughs> well I could someday that would be interesting because it is interesting the crazy thing someone will do for someone they love but you know they survived and they not only survived they did really well and their story their their success of their health was so significant that a number of years ago one of the specialists involved who's internationally renowned had presented their health at an international conference for being the only person they knew of at the time to have survived past a given age so did people tell me I was foolish oh yeah like not just one by the way people told me I was like ridiculous and am I glad that in the face of no agreement, nobody agreed that I would ever be successful. No one, not, not any physician. No, I mean, they really thought I was like crazy. But I had this dream. I did do a lot of research, which is why I had those three box medical materials. And was I successful? Yes. So, you know, that's just another example where people are going to tell you stuff and you'd have to like really understand yourself. So I had the current big dream. Well, I have actually a couple of big dreams. I'm not going to share all of them with you, but one of them I will share you because it's really what the podcast is about, which is to help a lot of people. People do not have the skills, the habits, the attitudes and the beliefs and the things that help them be really healthy, really happy, and have an amazing life because that's not what we do in society. And we're not doing some things correctly, in my opinion, in society because if you look at what we've done or the results, we've done a lot in suicide prevention, but if you look at the numbers, we're not headed in the right direction, people. We are not being successful. It's like an epic failure. So we need to do things differently. So I do have a big dream currently of helping a lot of people get their lives turned around and get happy and be healthy and be well-loved. And yes, I've been told I'm ridiculous. <laughs> well, so what? Guess what? Get in line, people. Not the first time. Clearly not the first time. So I want to give some caveats to thinking or dreaming big because I think they'll be helpful to you if you're going to get on this journey. And I hope you will. So, and I'm bringing these to your attention because I've been through it. I've been, obviously, you just heard a number of different things that were like either wildly ridiculous or crazy that I did and, and did well in. But number one, not everyone is going to get behind your big idea or your big dream. Some people are going to tell you it's impossible. Some people are going to give you all the reasons why it won't happen. And, you know, you just have to be prepared for that. And sometimes it will come from unexpected people or places. Number two, it's highly possible, possibly even predictable, that you will be laughed at or made fun of. Yes, when I was in college working with those uh, my peers to start AOPI, unbeknownst to me, people were having a really good laugh. I mean, like, like really great laughs at my expense, which I didn't know, which was, it was good I didn't know that, but I probably would have done it anyway because I'm used to people, you know, not being nice to me. So did, did I, did I find out after the fact? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I found out after the fact. 
because as, as one guy said, oh, well, these are all the people who were laughing at you and like really having a great time. But guess what? Oh, we're not laughing anymore. <gasps> no, we're not. Well, we, you did it. You really did. So people are going to laugh at you. So what? The other thing you should be forewarned about is that some people are probably unlikely to may sabotage your plans or your dreams. And the reason you should be forewarned about that is because sometimes it will come from unexpected people or people within the organization or group or posse or circle of friends. So when I was starting that group, AOPI uh, at Penn State, after we started and we were being very successful, someone internal and in the organization, you know, set out to kind of sabotage me and, and really malign my reputation. And, and um, I mean, it was pretty amazingly awful and extremely painful. And I actually thought I wasn't prepared for that at my young age. And I, I mean, I didn't, I had enough leadership skills. I didn't gossip with other people to say, you know, this is, this is what happened. I, I just did my research because of course, do your due diligence. I did my research to kind of pinpoint where were, where were these awful, awful things that were being said about me? Where did they originate? And was there any truth to them? Because when you get to the truth, everything will make sense. And so I did get to the, to the, to the truth of it, which was no, the things being said were not true. They were not true at all. And, and I did get to the source, but in the meantime, it was so painful. And I was so young that I really thought about quitting the, the group I had started. Fortunately, I talked to the chapter advisor and I talked to both of my parents who both of my parents ended up writing me very long letters about not quitting and this is going to happen in life and you need to understand that people will, you know, try to take you out of the game, blah, blah, blah. So I didn't end up quitting and, and truthfully, it was such a handled in such a adult and private manner, very adult, I have to say, looking back, that, um, and most of the people in the chapter never even knew about it and still don't know today because I, you know, kept it private and, you know, you do those kinds of things when you're a, a leader. I do want to make mention, though, that I did um, forgive the person who did that. Like, I'll never forget who did it, but I don't care. Carrying grudges and holding on to the hurtful things people did for you is not a powerful way to live. It is not powerful and it's hurtful to you. So thank gosh, I had the uh, knowledge and understanding at a young age that about the, the, the healing nature of forgiveness, which I just did a podcast on recently. So I didn't carry around. I forgave them. And that person was aware during college before we graduated that I knew it was them and that I forgave them. And and it was it was a very powerful moment. So you want to forgive people, but you want to be prepared that if you're going to dream big and think big and go about creating this amazing life, that some people are going to get triggered, which is my next point. And when I say they get triggered, this is not a conscious thing. This is not someone saying, oh, I'm going to go get them. 
I mean, sometimes people do it, but those people are just mean and nasty and not well. But for a normal person, you going out to have an amazing life, you going out to go for your big dream or thinking big, for a lot of people in your circle, that's going to trigger them. And when I say that's going to trigger them, what I mean is at an unconscious or subconscious level, they are going to have a reaction, which is not positive. And what happens is, to give you a little peek at the psychology, is, well, we know that 85% of the population has low self-esteem, which means that, you know, 85% of people roughly have these feelings of, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy. I mean, that's what low self-esteem is. You don't think you're good enough. You're not, you're not worthy. You don't like yourself. So, for most people, they hear your great success or they see you're going off to live your dream or you're taking action on your dreams and they're going to get triggered because in their subconscious, unconscious mind, it goes like this. Oh, see, you're, I'm a piece of blankety blank. I'm no good. I'm not worthy. And instead of being able to be conscious of that, it comes out as, mean, nasty projection. Well, you shouldn't do that. You're ridiculous. Blah, blah, blah. You know, really unkind. I mean, shockingly unkind. So if you have a little bit of understanding of psychology and you understand that people, whether you're successful or not, even the fact that you're going for your dreams or that you're in action or you're working on changing yourself can feel threatened or they can get triggered and then be be unkind and mean, that's powerful and helpful for you to know because, you know, otherwise you're left shocked and you're kind of like, oh my gosh, I'm losing all my friends because I'm doing all this great stuff. And that's really, it's really helpful when you start on a new journey to kind of have a preview of coming attractions, which is what I'm talking about. So I, I do have a podcast coming up, interestingly enough. I'm not sure how soon I'll do it because I have a whole methodology to my podcasting. But I do have one in the works on being judged and condemned and criticized, which would be helpful if you're going to go for your dream life and you're going to think big and you're going to do something different because most people don't have high skills in being harshly criticized and condemned and they kind of get sidetracked, they get thwarted, they get taken out of the game and, and we don't want that to happen to you. So the other thing I would mention, I happen to personally, I have a lot of compassion for other people. I have a lot of love for other people. And I, my belief system is that people are basically good. Now, I also happen to have experience with there are evil people. No, there are evil people and there are really bad people, like just bad. Most of them, by the way, are a psychopath or sociopath or a highly toxic narcissist. But, but I believe most people are good and most people are doing the best they can. And so that is, that's really helpful in moving through life, but especially if you're going to dream big and think big and do big things, which could be just having a happy life. I mean, your big dream could just be being happy for the rest of your life. That's a great dream. That's a huge dream because that's not where how people live. So you want to be prepared that the terrain, if you decide, hey, 
I, my big goal is going to be, I just want to be happy or I just want to be healthy or I just want to be happy and healthy or I want to be well loved, whatever it is that you're going to hit some bumps, some speed traps and speed bumps thrown out by other people. And the more you're kind of anticipating or at least prepared for it, you won't be stunned and shell shocked. Like I was in college. I was just like, I couldn't, I couldn't even believe it. So now I want to move into the steps for thinking and dreaming big. Cause of course I want you to do this. I want you to have this great, amazing life because you can. Number one, you're going to make up your mind and just do it. You've got to be all in. Anything you want to do in life, whether it's weight loss or, you know, changing your environment or changing, you know, like you've got to be all in and be committed. So when you're embarking on a big dream, whatever that is for you, there's no room for namby-pamby commitment or namby-pamby behaviors. You've got to be all in. You've got to be committed. Because uh, if you're just half-hearted, it's just not going to come to fruition. Number two, I already mentioned this, but read classic writings on success, like Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. People have been writing, philosophers and great thinkers since the beginning of time have been writing about this. This is not a new phenomenon. It may be new to you. But I can guarantee you, if you go start looking up classic philosopher quotes on success, you'll find all of this stuff. I mean, this is not new. So you want to start to bring into your life things that are going to support you. As I've already covered, there's going to be people who aren't very nice or who try to sabotage you or who do mean things. So this is about creating a little cocoon of support and you know a classic book can help you you know find the support to you know help you along the way number three do exercises to stretch your mind i mean we really the brain actually does a lot of repetitive tasks and the reason that your brain does things repetitiously is because it conserves like 80 percent energy so Thinking new thoughts, doing new things requires more energy from your brain than doing repetitive tasks. So I'm requesting that you start to stretch your brain and start to grow the muscles of thinking new things. Now you can do that by reading different things like I just suggested. You can also do make a list of things that you've never done before. You could start writing in a journal about this wild, delicious life you're going to create or this big dream and what it's going to look like and start laying it out like it's a, it's a fairy tale or a story. And doing that will require you to do actual thinking and help you grow your muscles for that. So that's helpful. Next, I would highly, highly recommend that you make this fun. Listen, life is so hard and life is so short and life is so precious. Why would you not want to have more fun? Go listen to my podcast on having more fun and play in your life. Because if you're going to go for a dream, what, are you going to make it through, be drudgery? No. no. You want everything as much as possible to be fun and playful, so make it fun. Next, you're going to actually start the work to create the dream. What is the dream? What is it? I don't know. I've already given you some great ideas. Being happy is a great dream. Being healthy is a great dream. 
being well loved is a great dream. Okay, I'll be honest, I want you to have all three of those. I want you to be happy, healthy, and well loved. And start writing it down. Like, let's make this real because I'm not a wishful thinking person. I'm a goal-oriented list maker. Like, play, have fun like crazy, and, and do stuff. So I'm going to write it down. The next thing you're going to do after you've written down whatever it is your goal could be like you could have a goal like to go find the love of your life. I mean, you know, you, you can have all kinds of goals or dreams, whatever it is. That next thing I want you to do is identify the emotions you have associated with that dream. So, for example, I had this like really strong correlation of, of joy and happiness with bringing the medical organizations together under a coalition type of format because of how much they could do if they were working together and that was important to me because of the type of medicine they practice. So I was like super in love with that idea. Super obviously I worked for like over two years to get it off the ground or get somebody to take the ball and run with it. So you want to start to identify and pinpoint your emotions. Well, of course you're going to be happy. Of course you're going to be like excited and, you know, on fire, whatever. Just start to pinpoint how are you really going to feel. And by the way, this is done by athletic coaches. This is done by all kinds of weight loss program programs. This is a very common technique where you pinpoint your feelings and emotions, and you're going to attach them to the attainment of that goal or idea. So this is a common technique. It's very valuable and helpful. Next, you're going to write up an action plan. Yes, 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 write it up. You know, you're, you're going to write it up, and you're going to say, what actions do I have to do to get from point A to point B? Well, in the beginning, if you're starting something new, or you're doing th something you've never been done before, you might not know. So you're just going to make your best guess. Like, we're not perfectionists here. If you haven't listened to my podcast before, <laughs> let me just tell you, you know, hit, spoiler alert. No, we're not fans of perfectionism. That, that's not helpful. That's exhausting. So you're going to write up an action plan as best as you can, being as specific as you can with what, with what you know and where you're at. Next, you are going to add a timeline. Yes, I'm a fan of deadlines and timelines and goals, even if you don't make them. You just keep working at it and you'll, you'll put a timeline in, which may be realistic or maybe it's not realistic. I mean, I had a goal of starting podcasts, which I did not make because I had no idea how to do a podcast. <laughs> I had never even listened to a podcast. So, you know, my 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 timeline was not realistic and just to, to tell on myself but you're not going for perfectionism here no you're just going for doing the best you can next after you've added your timeline or at least some best guesses on what the timeline might look like you want to start making a list of the resources that you're going to need or at least the ones you think you'll need what what would that be well you, you know you might not know but you're just going to start. Like when I had that idea of getting national doctor groups together, I didn't know how to do it. I just started reaching out to the presidents of the different organizations year, year after year, I might add, to try to get them to talk to me about the idea. So 
they wouldn't call me back though, except for the last one who I'm still in touch with and, you know, brought me into the organization. You know, you just start where you start. So the first thing for me at that time was just to get somebody who actually had a position of power who could actually do something to talk to me. And then after we talked, we talked again and again. So, you know, like sometimes you don't know what you're going to need, but you can start and say, well, well, what's the first thing I need? You know, when I didn't know how to do podcasting, but it, I knew I'd love it and I knew it was on my list and I knew it would be a helpful avenue to get my content to people that wasn't in writing or in a YouTube video, I started to research what do I need to do to do podcasts? So the first thing that went on my list was the equipment. Now, I will tell you, I have never, outside of doing my own podcast, I have never listened to anybody else's podcast. So if I'm doing it all wrong, people, it's too late, it's too bad, but it is what it is. Because I've never, I never listened to anyone else's podcast before I started my own. I know, is that terrible? I mean, you probably think, what? who would do that? Well, I would do that. That's exactly the kind of thing that I would do. So list out whatever resources that you know at the time, and then you can add to that, and you can be looking for that. Next, I strongly suggest, if it's appropriate, you get a mentor or a coach. Listen, there are all kinds of people in your life. And if, it, if, this is, if this statement is not true for you, then it's time to add, make friends, and, and start a new posse and meet new people. But listen, athletes have coaches, you know, weight loss programs set you up with a buddy or an upline or a coach or whatever. Like this is very common. You get an advisor if you go to college. There are, you know, counselors for academics in high school. Like you're not expected to do life on your own, yet we pretty much often do life on our own. I don't, I don't recommend that. You don't have to spend money to get a mentor or coach. You could find somebody who would help you and you might be surprised. It might not be the people you're expecting, but people help you. So get a coach or a mentor if needed. Next, I've kind of already alluded to this, but you're going to have to avoid the dream killers and buzz killers who are going to judge and condemn you. And people will judge and condemn you. I hate to say this. I mean, if you don't have really deep relationships with people, they might not do it to your face, which could be a good thing. I have the kind of relationships with people that they will say anything and everything to me sometimes not necessarily appropriately so, but I'm always glad that people will be blunt with me. I love it when people are blunt with me. So, you know, you might be surprised at who, if you decide to take this on, and I really, really hope you will, who kind of aren't going to really support you. So you got to avoid certain people. Next, I would suggest that you start to engage kind of in a, in a, with a childlike wonder. Hmm. What new skills or what new abilities am I going to need to start dreaming big and thinking big? What, what's that like? Because there's going to be some new skills and abilities that are going to be appropriate for you to take on. So start a list and have it be like your natural way of being where you don't go, oh, I don't have self-mastery, so I'm a loser. No. You want to develop self-care and self-compassion so you can say to yourself, oh, 
I just realized I don't have any anger skills, so I'm going to learn anger skills. Yeah, that's actually a piece of what I said to myself years ago when I did realize I didn't have any anger skills. I was shocked. I was like, oh, well, how exciting. I'm going to, I'm going to learn anger skills. And I went about it and I did. So don't put yourself down if you don't know how to do something or you have to learn a new skill or ability. You want to have that be a source of joy and excitement. Trust me way more powerful. Next, I would suggest, if you need to, that you transform your relationship to failure. It's my opinion, and I assert, that the majority of people don't have a very powerful or positive relationship to failure. You want to have a positive and powerful relationship to failure where you try something, you fail, and you throw your arms up and go, woohoo, I failed, woohoo, yay. That means I'm doing something. That means I made an effort. That means I tried. And that, that is room for celebration because most people aren't even trying. They're just like getting through the day, getting through life, barely surviving. No, you don't want a life where you're barely surviving and everything is painful and everything is hard. Life is hard enough for that. You want to be going, woohoo, I failed, now I'm on to the next thing. So you might need to transform your relationship to failure. Next, I highly, 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 I know. I, listen, I do everything I, I recommend people. I do. I actually do. So the next thing on my list for, for you is to implement a reward system to keep yourself motivated and moving forward. Now, yes, I have a reward system. And yes, the people I coach, they also learn about and then implement a reward system and they love it. Why? Because rewards are fun. Why? Because life is hard and you want to celebrate every good thing, every milestone, every achievement. And also why? Because change is hard. If change was easy, we'd all be able to just change overnight and that would be that. Change is not easy for human beings, and having a reward system not only gives you great rewards, and not only is fun, but it's going to help you, re, it's going to reinforce making changes to your life, so that's valuable. And of course, if the reward isn't fun, it's not a reward. So I've I have a podcast on motivation, which gets into a little bit more detail about a reward system. I've also written about it on my website, so I don't need to go bore you with the details. But let me tell, trust, trust me, they're fun, and I get rewards, and it's all very cool. So get a reward system and implement it. And that will help you, by the way, for any goal you take on. Not just, let's say you decide you're listening to this podcast, and it's like, oh, I can't dream big. I can't think big. Okay, you can have that attitude. That's fine. But you could use a reward system to help you do other things in life, not just thinking or dreaming big. Next, I highly recommend that you don't give up. It's easy to give up. It's the path of least resistance. It's like I shared with you earlier when, you know, viciously attacked for unnecessarily and falsely as, as a leader in a group in college. Yeah, my first reaction was, I'm going to quit. This is too hard and it's too painful. 
that's just what we do. It's just easy to quit. I'm just asking you not to quit and not to give up because you want all the good stuff and they're possible for you. So let me give you three takeaways. So takeaway number one is thinking and dreaming big is just not what people do in life. I'm not saying it's not normal because it's not abnormal. It's just not what the majority of people do. Takeaway number two is at any moment you could start thinking and dreaming big for you, for your life, for your family, for your organization, for your business. You could. You just really could. And number three, you can take actions. You can take the actions to have an amazing life, a huge big dream. Even if people say it's impossible, why not? Because you could. Because you can. So as far as my call to action, it's just time to start dreaming big and start time to start having an amazing, beautiful, delicious life. And it's time to start putting a plan together and getting in action because it's amazing. And lastly, share this podcast on social media and with the people that you love. You want to have a posse that's going to be up to similar things because that will help you and support you. Okay, that's it. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life podcast. Episode number 43, Thinking and Dreaming Big. I hope you're going to get on the road and start dreaming and thinking big. Why not? If you happen to enjoy this podcast, please subscribe so you get the new ones automatically. And share this with the people you love because you want a whole pool of dreamers and big thinkers. You can connect with me at my website at www.lisaalundy.com for my giveaway. And to keep up with what's going on, I love you. I hope you're doing well. Hang in there for now. Take care.